0: Hello, and welcome to the Still to Be Determined podcast, the podcast that follows up on topics from the YouTube channel Undecided with Matt Farrell. I'm Sean Farrell. I'm a writer, and I'm the guy with the coffee maker behind him. (laughs) I'm also Matt Farrell's brother, and this long pause is when Matthew will introduce himself.
1: I'm Matt Farrell. I'm obviously the the guy that you see on the uh, YouTube channel Undecided, where I talk about smart and sustainable technologies. This week, we're going to be talking about
0: the newest episode, which is titled New Tesla Battery, Exploring the China Prismatic LFP News. And this episode dropped on March 3rd, 2020. So before we get into that episode, I thought it would be a good time for us to launch into a diatribe against daylight savings. (laughs) Last night- Causing a problem for you there, Sean? Yeah. Last night, I- um, I went to bed. Uh-huh. There's, this is going to be a lot of dominoes um, lined up to explain why my brain is currently mush. We were eating some delicious cheese. And it didn't occur to me until I was going to bed that the cheese had espresso, ground espresso. Oh, God. It, which is delicious. But I was effectively chewing on espresso. <laughs> yes. For... <laughs> about an hour. Uh-huh. And so when I went to bed, uh I had a little bit of trouble falling asleep, and then in the middle of the night I began to have an asthma attack. That's great. And so I then had to hunt down the Benadryl that we have, which happened to be in my girlfriend's bedside drawer. So at 3:30 in the morning, I woke her up with my cell phone shining light on her <laughs> bedside drawer trying to find the Benadryl uh-huh. <laughs> and then took a Benadryl the asthma went away but then the upshot is i had jacked myself up with espresso before going to bed and now at 3:30 in the morning was taking a Benadryl so i've been waking up since 9:30 and on top of all of that it's been the spring forward so the day is just bleeding away super fast yeah which I hope is an explanation for any sort of low energy you might hear from me, and also why there's a coffee maker running in the background.
1: <laughs> Sean needs his caffeine. <laughs>
0: Sean needs more of that cheese. This is the most technical episode we've ever done of this yeah. podcast. You've had technical videos before, but they preceded this podcast's existence. So I sat down to watch your video a few days ago. Uh-huh. And partway through it, I thought, (laughs) I am Homer Simpson (laughs) watching the Guide to Home Repair video with Troy McClure.
1: Yeah. Now, do you have extruded polyvinyl foam insulation? No. Good. Assemble the aluminum J-channel using self-furring screws. Install.
0: What do I do after in case- applying
1: brushable coating to the panels? Wait a minute. You'll need some corrosion-resistant metal stucco lath. Wait a minute. If you can't find metal stucco lath, uh huh. Use carbon fiber stucco lath.
0: Oh, now barge the lath. You got a lot of uh, factoids piled up, up on top of each other in this episode, don't you?
1: Yes, I. Yes, I do. There's, a, there's, a, this, this. I uh, on Twitter tweeted several times about how this episode really kind of kick my butt mm. <laughs> it was there was so much uh details in pulling it together and i had to not only read and learn a whole bunch of stuff myself but i reached out to people about that knew a lot p- more about this than i do mm-hmm. to make sure i wasn't making incorrect assumptions and i wasn't going down a bad path uh so yeah this this was a very dense episode
0: i was talking to our mutual friend frank about this episode and i and i said it's the equivalent of people with cars with a combustion engine understanding how their cars work yes yes yeah. you know the idea of you know like well do you have a faulty carburetor and if you stop me and say what's a carburetor do i have no idea and yeah. that's not a good that's not a good thing you know to, yeah. to use these technologies to use these devices and not understand on some basic level the principles involved is not a good idea And we'll get a little bit into the details of this a little bit later in the podcast, but also the sources of a lot of these products, where the products are made, how they're made, where their components come from is also very important. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of this story, I think. And you touch on it, but you didn't go really deep into it. But I think that's an important part of this. So to start off with, You've got a breakdown of the three different types of batteries that have one of which has been the most used up to this point, which is the cylindrical. And Mm -hmm. my question is with the cylindrical, it seems almost too simple to frame it in this way. Am I right that that is
1: basically just a massive pack of what look like double A batteries it, the the bot the bottom of a Tesla looks like just a chi- gigantic pack of thousands of AA batteries. It's essentially what it looks like.
0: It's essentially what it looks like, but it's not essentially that. It is, it that. is that. So it, it, if you took one of those cells, <laughs> you would effectively have a AA battery.
1: Well, it's larger than a AA okay. battery. It's 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 uh, several centimeters taller, and it's a little bigger around. Um, it's it's more like a A battery. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it's it's a. It's, uh, I don't know the exact dimensions offhand, but it is a little heavier, a little larger, a little taller. And then the
0: other types of batteries, the prismatic, that's something that would be more in line with what we see in our cell phones.
1: Cell phones have a lot of prismatic batteries. They also have pouch-style batteries. If you've ever had like a uh, rechargeable like uh, cordless phone or remote control and you pop open the back of the uh, cordless phone there's like a little rectangular battery pack Mm -hmm. that's a that's a prismatic battery okay and then the pouch
0: batteries am i correct that they were invented by kangaroos i believe so okay yes i i like the detail that the pouch batteries are susceptible to heat and humidity and what i found amusing about that is clearly there's no issue with heat and humidity in driving
1: (laughs) (laughs) it seems like that could be a powder keg combination I didn't go into this because it was it was going down a weird tangent. But the cylindrical batteries, even though they don't aren't susceptible to that same issue, they have a little basically a safety valve in the top of the battery. That if the battery gets overheated or the pressure grows up too much goes up too much, that basic that little um, escape valve basically bursts to let the pressure out so that the battery won't explode. Mm-hmm. And is in, in that process of that valve going, it then also deactivates the battery so it will no longer function.
0: So it stops the chemical reaction that's actually taking place.
1: Yeah, it basically makes the just kills the battery and it lets the um, pressure out so it doesn't explode. So, it, so it's like if it does that, the battery is essentially dead. I, I, I wondered, I thought, I wondered if I should bring that up, but it felt like, okay, this is not important information for this topic, but, but that's really kind of cool. <laughs> it is kind of cool that they've, they've put that in there so that there's a safety valve.
0: What was the most surprising detail from your research that didn't make it into the video other than the pressure valve on the cylindrical batteries?
1: There's the three format styles, like the case that the battery goes in, and then there's all the different kinds of chemistries that you can put into those packs, so you could have the same formula that goes into a cell, a cylindrical cell or a pouch cell or a prismatic cell. But what I found interesting was and I did not go down this path because it was like, this is like a topic to itself. And it's also really into the weeds. But it was, there are certain formulations that work better in one format versus another. So this chemistry works best as a prismatic or pouch, and this one works better in cylindrical. It, and it has to do with how much that chemistry expands and contracts during charging and discharging. It's like there was like this like little rabbit hole of complexity to how they put these things together. And it kind of blew my mind of like, I knew there were lots of different chemistries and there's like, it's, it's almost like mad science yeah. with the way they make these batteries because it's, you can use a standard formulation to make one tweak to the electrolyte and you have this dramatic increase in energy. Or you can make one tweak to the cathode and it does something completely different. It really is like, you know, scientists over a cauldron just trying different things out to see what works. And I thought that was complex enough. And then when I realized, wait, the format also can play a role in how effective these things are and how long they last. Because this works better in a larger format cell because it needs more kind of room to expand. And if it's a cylindrical cell, it's really confined and it's not going to do as well. It was really, really surprising to me that it, it's even more complex than I already thought it was. Right, <laughs> I guess I'd say. And it, behind
0: the scenes, you you mentioned that Tesla's on the verge; they'll be making an announcement at their battery event, which will be in April. So that's yes. a month away. So their announcement could be. It was interesting in the comments on your video that there was a number of your listeners. And hats off to your listeners who clearly haven't eaten a lot of espresso cheese and had an (laughs) asthma attack in the middle of the night Uh and then had daylight savings when they woke up because you've got some really on the ball comments, uh, very astute, informed comments from your, your viewers. They knew technical aspects and pointed out in, in some cases, not to haul you out, but some, um, misstatements On your part or some lack of clarification on your part. Um, So your viewers are clearly very, very informed. Many of the comments were along the lines of we can expect to be really surprised by what might come out in April. I think there's, you know, not to build up hype too much, but there's a lot of expectations that what Tesla might announce is something as disruptive to the battery industry as Tesla has already been to the automotive industry.
1: I I would say yes. I know people, they're not people that are directly involved in what Tesla is doing with their batteries, but they're people that are very close to that and have a lot of knowledge about the types of things that are going on. And they're telling me this is going to blow everybody away. So it's like the fact that these people who know what the hell they're talking about are saying this is going to be kind of game changing is (laughs) to say it's got me excited would be an understatement. And I don't, you probably don't pay attention to this news, but just like this past week, GM had a big uh, press conference about their electric vehicle strategy going forward. And they were showcasing like eight different cars. They're going to be launching over the next five years and they touted at length their new, I think it's called the Ultium battery pack technology they've come up with with LG and saying it's cutting edge. It's going to hit this $100 per kilowatt hour, you know, which is the magical number everybody keeps talking about. Because once battery cells are $100 per kilowatt hour or less, at that point, they start to become cheaper than gasoline cars. Mm, okay. And so that's why yeah. people keep talking about that number. And uh, <laughs> They're touting all this stuff, but it was so vague about, well, when are you going to hit $100 per kilowatt hour? Yes. It, it was like it, they, they had no specifics. It was all very vague. And it was them clearly saying, we're here. And what's shocking when you think about it, it is that Tesla is very close to that point today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's estimates that they're in the 120 range. Some people even s- speculate they're almost at $100 right now for a sell. Um, and they're about to drop a major bombshell in April about some major breakthrough that they're going to have with their stuff. Right. So it's expected that when they make that announcement, they're going to say, we're at the hundred dollar thing, or we're, you know, we're about to pass it, right. or we, which may not it. actually be,
0: it may be about the hundred dollar mark as opposed to we've removed cobalt.
1: No, it's going to be about the cobalt. I guarantee you, they're going to say there's no more cobalt. We have a new formula that this battery, they're going to probably, the things that they'll hit is our battery packs will last a million miles. They're also going to say that they have no cobalt and they're probably going to announce the price per kilowatt that they've achieved with this method and where it can go. And it's going to be so far ahead of where everybody else is. And GM is touting, we're getting there, but they didn't say when. And here comes Tesla basically going to say, we've done it. And it's going (laughs) to, it's one of those, everybody is trying to skate where the puck is instead of where it's going. Mm -hmm. And It's 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 fascinating how far ahead they are. And it reminds me very much. And I hate people say hate it when I say this. It's very much like Apple. It's like Apple for a long time was so far ahead of the competition when it came to their iPods and their iPhones Mm -hmm. that it took a decade for the rest of the industry to catch up. And it's like, that's where we are right now with Tesla and electric vehicles is they are so far ahead. It's going to take 10 years before GM and Volkswagen and all these other companies actually catch up to where Tesla is today. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of mind boggling to me.
0: Elon Musk is doing things with some of that intellectual property, which is making some of it available, you know, just publicly available, putting it in the marketplace to say, basically, not only should those guys catch up, they should just
1: do it now because the world is on fire we can't keep burning petrol and the argue and, and the argument against going electric is usually it's too expensive and gas car you know you can't charge fast enough and you can't do all this other stuff and it's like people are working actively right now to achieve those goals and tesla is one of the companies that's going to probably be the first to achieve all those goals which is why everybody's excited about april because they're probably going to come out and make an announcement that essentially makes their electric cars price equivalent to a gasoline car and if not better mm-hmm. which means at s- some point not too long from now we'll have electric cars that cost less than gas cars and once we hit that point it's gonna be a hard sell for somebody to want to go buy in a gas car right it's like why would i spend thirty thousand dollars on this car when i could spend 22 on this one and it's as good and better
0: so at this point there's there's two paths that i see ahead for our conversation and they They overlap a little bit, but they do go in two different directions. And one is about the human rights issues around cobalt and one is about the technology itself. So I'm I'm going to follow the path of the technology right now because I think the human rights element, I think, is it's going to be a briefer conversation between the two of us, but I think it's a more important conversation. It's the one I want the podcast to end on the development of the new technologies that Tesla is going through and the other researchers are, are going through. Is there an element of scale that could be used on the new technologies? In other words, could you have a breakthrough in the Tesla car battery that could change the way our cell phone batteries are designed?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it comes down to the chemistry. It's like th- th- these chem it's one of the, There's not a one size fits all. So it's not like you come up with this chemistry and this is the chemistry that's going to be used in every battery on the planet for every single use case, because if you're talking grid scale energy storage, there's other formats that may be the better chemistry to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if they've achieved something that's not going to have cobalt, it's going to have this long lifespan, it's going to have really good charge cycles, it's going to have all the stuff that it meets for an EV, there's a lot of other use cases that are similar that could benefit directly from that breakthrough. And for me, the big one is energy storage just in general for houses yeah. and for grid. So it's like whatever they announce for this, their updates for their car, it's not going to surprise me if they also say, and we're putting this into our power walls, into our mega packs that are going into, you know, the grid and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's something that can definitely have a much bigger impact than just on cars. And how that meshes with
0: other sources of renewable energy. So homes with solar panels and wind towers and, and all of, you know, the, the evolution of, of new renewable energy sources to have those packs that might be able to be charged super fast and retain more and provide it cheapy cheaply
1: yeah or cheapy cheapy. (laughs) uh, (laughs) espresso uh, cheese matthew (laughs) espresso (laughs) cheese it's the achilles heel of renewable energy is that espresso cheese is the achilles heel? espresso cheese is the achilles heel um it's it's how it it produces so much energy so cheaply but it's at times you don't need it right and so it's like the the storage question is the it's the million dollar question for renewable energy once you crack that nut and find a way to store that energy cost effectively it it's once again just like the ev hitting a hundred dollars per kilowatt hour That is the game changer where it's like nobody will ever build another gas plant. Nobody will ever build another coal plant because why would you? It's like it's going to be cheaper and more effective to put up wind turbines and solar panels and a huge battery system. And it's clean energy. It's cheaper and it's very effective. Once we get to that point, fossil fuel industry is screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Once we get to that point. Is there a reason why they wouldn't mix and
0: match batteries? in a, a device is would there be an advantage in some
1: way for there to be two battery packs in a car or is that something that's like, why would you do that? I have a feeling Elon would say, why the hell would you do that? Um, but there is a lot of uh, re- reason to mix and match like you're talking about. like one of the things is mix and matching a battery pack with some super capacitors inside of a car because supercapacitors, they can't store a lot of energy, but they can take energy and give energy in huge bursts much faster than a battery pack. So if you put the two together, you'd have a car that could very quickly capture all of the energy from regenerative braking and then also just pour a lot of energy into the motors when you're gunning it, when you're trying to take off. Right. But then when you're running at speed, it's just pulling directly off the battery pack. Or there's different chemistries of batteries that could do something similar where some batteries are better at called specific power, how much power, how much energy can come through the faucet essentially Mm -hmm. at once. And then there's other chemistries that are better for long term, a little slower specific power coming through. So it's like there is a rationale for why you might want to mix and match and GM actually talked about that last this past week, which was that their battery pack with their modules, they'll be able to do exactly what you're talking about. like here's a bunch of prismatic batteries with this chemistry. And then the other half of the pack, or a quarter of the pack is this other module with a slightly different chemistry and they can mix and match to achieve that goal. And then
0: the vehicle is smart so that it knows when you gun it, it needs to pull from the one section versus the the section that's able to provide the battery
1: power much faster. Correct. But I, I based on things Elon has said over the past year or two, he's definitely come to, he's got this mindset of that's, adding complexity where it's not needed because if you can achieve a certain level with battery technology it makes that a moot point and that he looks at as more of a it's like a band-aid fix you know yeah because the current technologies are kind of limited in certain ways so you kind of make up for that limitation by doing this with super capacitors but this new technology we're working on is just so goddamn good you don't need to do supercapacitors anymore because it's just a moot point right so and that's it, and it does I, I think that's where
0: he'd be That does sort of overlap with something we talked about last week, which is the combination of technologies where one of them might break down and then you're tied to a broken device. If you had multiple, if you had a battery pack that was effectively two different types of batteries and one of them failed in some spectacular way, Mm -hmm. uh, the other battery pack would now be
1: potentially damaged or useless. Um, Well, it's, it's, specifically to elon again it's like tesla battery packs are made up of modules and the modules are filled with cells and that's the way it is today it's the way it's been for ever since tesla has been making cars and the cells are built
0: with espresso cheese
1: exactly and gm was touting their whole module strategy where they can mix match modules within a battery pack to use different cells that do different things uh so they can be they can adjust on the fly if they have to switch suppliers, it's no big deal, that kind of stuff. And on in a recent interview on a podcast, Elon went on length about how the modules and Tesla battery packs are like an appendix. It's, it's a vestigial thing they no longer need. Um, he said it's there because it says that's the way it's always was done. And we had to do that in the beginning, but we don't have to now. And it's going to be more cost effective to not do that. So... It's leading everybody to believe that Tesla is going to be getting rid of modules and it will just be cells in a pack. Mm-hmm. It will no longer be cells to module, module to pack. And so here's GM coming out going, well, we got this great module strategy. And it's like, what? <laughs> Elon has just been beating the drum of, why would you do modules? It makes no sense anymore. <laughs> right. So it's 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 one of those skating to where the puck is versus to where it's instead of where it's going yeah it's like elon seems to be looking to where it's going and gm is looking to where things currently are today right so the other big element that i wanted to get to at the end here
0: was cobalt free not only for lfp as you mentioned <laughs> Your it's going to make one heck of a title for your first um hip-hop album yeah i know <laughs> the story behind cobalt Is one of extreme uh, human rights abuse Mm -hmm. and the mining of it in Africa in particular, where the nations of Africa that have a lot of cobalt. And uh, I recently watched a old news story on CBS from 2018 went into the child labor in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The efforts by all of the cobalt consumers the companies like Apple, Tesla, Microsoft to try to cut out the middlemen and go directly to buying from the mining companies in an attempt to be able to directly confront human rights abuses um, because the middlemen allow for the companies to deny any sort of child labor and then to flip the issue on its head is the. It is awful that these children are working in these mines, but if they don't have those jobs, what are they going to do? So it's a very complex and heartbreaking story, you know, here in in the U S other parts of the world, our consumption of products where we're blind to what goes into the manufacturing of them. There's, I've got my, my iPhone in my pocket and I walk around happily with it and child labor may have been involved in getting Components for the battery. And then a number of years ago, there were the breaking stories of the production companies in China and the human rights abuses in the factories where the phones are actually manufactured. So, this is all part of an extremely large and complex and distressing um, storyline. And I think that in some ways, Tesla's and the other companies attempts to push the technology forward is in some ways an attempt to confront that issue. And the news story in 2018 actually mentioned that at that point, and I'm, I definitely don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do in 2018, Tesla's response to CBS around this news story was that they were currently looking at ways of creating a battery uh, production facility in North America that would only use North American sourced components. So they were going to be looking at cobalt that would only be produced and mined in North America. And it was a product that, um, the news story went into details about how at one point 15, 20 years ago, there were cobalt mines in Idaho that, got shut down because nobody wanted cobalt. And then we had the explosion of high-end tech into the consumer market with phones and suddenly cobalt became a hot commodity. And so I'm not sure if you know, but did Tesla ever manage to be able to pull itself out of, of being a consumer of the cobalt produced in the harsher uh, facilities such as those in the DRC?
1: They have dialed back how much they're buying from those kind of areas. I, and they're not alone. Other companies have too. So buying from some of those questionable mines in the Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, has gone way down. But the middleman issue is still allowing those... <laughs> Artisanally sourced, yeah. It's called the artisanal. Use of that the use yeah. of that
0: term is really, and what they mean Disturbing. by that is that the news story shows uh, footage. And if anybody's seen, there's also more recent articles, uh, news stories about this. What they mean by artisanal is literally children um, by hand walking into places by hand, digging by hand. And they recognize the mineral, and then they have to wash it, and then transport it, and it's all done by hand, and it's literally like wheelbarrows and bicycles to facilities that where they can sell it to the middlemen. The middlemen's buy this for next to nothing, so these people, including children, are being paid uh, pennies per pound, and then that in turn is sold for thousands of dollars per ton to the consumers who produce battery packs and other things from the cobalt. So yeah. Um but the middleman economy allows for deniability. And that's part of the issue is that it allows companies to say, like, well we, we're not we're not working with companies that use child labor. When the cameras were running and they were going into the mining facilities, security guards would chase the children away because they know how this is being perceived. But when they used a hidden camera and went into a middleman purchasing area, none of the purchasers asked who sourced, who, who mined this. They didn't, they didn't ask the question. So then the middlemen then selling to consumers like Tesla and Apple, even if Apple and tesla ask like what is the source of this there's a big gap in the supply chain where they're never going to know
1: that's that's the problem is that the companies are trying to do the right thing um but at the same time the only way truly to get out of this is to cut back how much cobalt you use right and so even though these companies are trying to make the right moves to source it from uh better places they're also trying to do the ultimate decision which is cutting it out which sidesteps the issue of human rights. And it also helps reduce the cost because cobalt is so it's not, it's difficult to get because there's so little of it, yeah. which is why it's expensive. So cutting it out gets rid of the human rights issues and it also makes for cheaper products. So it's a win-win from every angle to get rid of it. And the other thing to point out is that cobalt is used in a lot of stuff. It's used it's a lot used of in co- places. Yeah. You know, it's used in cosmetics. It's used in semiconductors. It's used in batteries. It's it's used in a ton of technologies and other things. So it's, it's not just Tesla and EV makers, even though that's the largest portion. So if, if they can solve that, it's going to cut the demand in half if EV makers don't have to use it anymore. Yeah. But there's still other places we need to do our part to try to cut that out of our daily use.
0: And it's an issue where you need to attack it from both sides, both from the consumer yeah. side and by consumer, I mean the, the major companies that are purchasing at it as a mineral, but you need to attack it on the consumer side and you need to attack it from the human rights side, which is mm-hmm. working with those regions where you have child labor being used in that way and help those countries develop diversified economic support so that people can actually have jobs where they can support their families and that there's an opportunity for education and for children not to be used in this way. Right. As opposed to, they really don't have a choice. There's no other means of supporting themselves. And, you know, the question of, um, what should they do is not as simple as, well, at least they have a job because this is backbreaking toxic work.
1: There's actually an interesting angle to this that I hadn't really been aware of until more recently, which was, um, there, there are countries in Africa that are really up and coming for technology. Like they have cutting edge internet connections that are way better than what we have here in the United States. Yeah. Because they jumped Um, up, they they jumped past
0: the wired communication. They jumped directly from not having it to having wireless.
1: What I find fascinating is a lot of technology companies are looking at moving Headquarters or building additional places uh to recruit people, to recruit talent in Africa, in different countries, and so like uh, Jack Dorsey, who's the CEO of Twitter, he's been talking about wanting to move to Africa and potentially opening a Twitter headquarters over there mm-hmm. <laughs> and other businesses over there. You say, what are we going to do if you know they can't mine for cobalt? It's one of those. We have to get other countries past the point of needing to do that kind of work it's like i said the diversity of economy exactly so it's it's i find it fascinating that technology companies are part of the reason that this is a problem today and at the same time some technology companies are looking to help solve that by moving there and finding resources there that are actual human resources (laughs) that can actually do software coding that can actually do the work that's not in a mine it's at a desk behind a computer it's it's i find that fascinating
0: yeah we've covered quite a bit (laughs) yes we've eaten a lot of cheese
1: well you have i have
0: (laughs) i think you can hear it in my voice (laughs) so let us know what you think you can leave comments on matt's video or you can shout out at us on twitter at still tbd fm or at by sean farrell at matt farrell and at undecided mf be sure to watch for the latest videos on youtube from undecided with matt farrell you can find the podcast at StillTBD.fm. you can subscribe and that's available through all of the major podcast providers spotify itunes stitcher so on and so forth please be sure to give us a rating you can review us and you can share it with your friends because that really helps the podcast the podcast helps the channel the channel helps matthew Matthew helps me. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Oh, can you hear the coffee maker in the background? Yes, I
1: can. Okay. I can hear a little click, 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 click. click. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that your uh your podcast strategy is just just have life going on around yeah. you. <laughs> well, I don't have a choice. I don't have a dedicated room. I know. I say
0: that we go forward and I'll work that in if that's okay with you. Or do you want to just wait? How far in is it? Like how much longer is there for the, we probably have another five or 10 minutes. (laughs) 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 Let me just work it in. Yeah, we can work it in. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Hello. (laughs) Hello. like I just heard a click, 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 click. <laughs> 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 <laughs>